Dogs of 9000, the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog, America's last comedy website. I'm Ted Gum, Robert Brockway, Dag Nabbit. Is that Sean Baby over there? <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, Bigfoot Trapper and Sack of Cutter Sean Baby from the internet. Well, that's neither here nor there. And our guest today, concern at all, it's Jason Pargin. Now, what happens if somebody is listening for the very first time? And they're going to think this is Fuck the them. show. Yeah, That's they can the suck problem with, with doing a bit at the start of an episode is that you've always got certain new people who've been talked by friends and the listening. And this is what we, this is what we greet them with. You Especially since you. this bit, this bit will not be explained until we get into what the podcast is actually about. And we're not yeah, doing we got, that yet. We got like 30 minutes of banter before we even get there. But here's the thing. I'm going to be bored if I don't do this shit and then I'm not going to want to do it anymore. So that's it's really so back my, to our previous point of suck it. Yep, I had pretty much, pretty much suck it, <laughs> suck it, fans and loyal. You don't see Joe Rogan doing a voice at the start of his at, at start of his show. That's a good point. I I try to live my life by the example set by the great Joe yeah. Rogan. I do have some extensive Joe Rogan templates here for the podcast, and uh, I I'm eating a, a raw testicle, shooting up just a touch of human growth hormone. <laughs> I'm just asking questions is what I have written down here. Yeah, like, can I have another raw testicle <laughs> from a fucking yak? I don't care. Just a uh, snack on. But you make a good point, Jason. We are the official podcast of 1900 Hot Dog. Uh, we have a Patreon, which is how we pay our talented contributors like Lydia Bug and Tom Ryman and Alex Schmidt and Brendan McGinley. And, and uh, if you're under 30, it's a website. It's with People oh, are yeah. still making those. We're still World, doing websites. World Web website. Uh, um, now that, uh, it's on your web browsing app on your phone, <laughs> right? You, pro- you probably still have one of those. I think they come bundled. Open your dermis template and cyber look up. I don't fucking know, but, uh, uh, Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, the, your upcoming, if this book exists during the wrong universe, uh, pre-order now, uh, is, you know, available pre-orders. Thanks for coming on the show. Stole, stole this plug. That's our best intro. <laughs> uh, yes, that is the name of the book. Please, uh, that's uh, I, I only have that as a source of income. I write books and do nothing else but guest on podcasts. I write the, books and do I, my, this. My guesting on podcasts is paid for by the surprising number of people who do, in fact, go buy my books after hearing me on these shows. So there's a lot of pressure because I have to convey in what I say things in such a way that it makes a person say, well, you know what? I would like to read a whole novel written by that mm. person. Yeah. Can you like, give me something? Say something that'll sell a book. Oh, Jesus Christ. His name was John Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> I can describe a, a sex scene really well. Oh, okay. Her, Saucy. Uh, her moist womanhood glistened in the sunlight as she lay back in the uh-huh. glistening. Have I said glistening already? Yeah. You, got oh, some glistening. Okay. you can stop. I finished. <laughs> I need to hear about the junk. I need to hear about the hog. <laughs> His glistening hog glistened in the sunlight. <laughs> that is the hard part is trying to, there's not that many words that mean glistening in the English language, unlike French where there's over 200. Yeah. There just aren't that many words. I mean, there's yeah, only very like wet people like nine or 10 and you got to make a whole book out of them. 
Yeah, and I well. like I got my last book back from the editor. And his first note was, "You've used the word succulent two hundred and sixty-eight <laughs> times. Like, try to find something else." And it's like, well, but if his if his engorged manhood is in fact succulent, mm-hmm. any other word is going to convey less meaning. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think you have sold a lot of books. I think I think you did it. I think you moved 15 <laughs> units right there. <laughs> Jason, how are you doing today? With Succulent you, many uh, times. Yeah, welcome. Are you, uh, you mad at anything or like depressed at the psychological pitfalls of mankind at all? How you doing? I've been sick all week. Uh, it, 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 nobody cares about that. Um, the, the only way that affects, that affects this podcast is that I've taken a lot of cough medicine before coming on uh, to suppress the cough for the duration of the show. When I was in a teenager, everybody told me that if you take enough cough syrup, you would get high or whatever. That never happened to me. I don't know if I'm buying the wrong kind. It oh, yeah, it's the prescription me, stuff. I mean, you it can at store at store bought, but it's really like drink a whole bottle. But uh, if you can get if you can get that sweet uh, codeine prescription stuff, yeah, you can get fucked up on that. You need that Joe Rogan mind enhancement. Yeah, it's a real That's slow right. fucked up too. It's kind of a, like a, it's like a become one with the sidewalk fucked up. It's mm. fun. That's the good kind. That's the good kind. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. A pharmacist near you, kids. <laughs> But that uh, sounds like you're uh, like in a perfect mindset for uh, yeah. for what we're going to be doing today. I got a question, though. Are you still productive when you're sick or do you just fucking blow off everything? No, I still I, I, I write when I'm sick because my rationale is that it's like, well, being I can either sit in a chair and look at TV or I can sit in a chair and type mm-hmm. it. But I don't know. I, I feel such panic about deadlines all the time that uh, I wouldn't be able to relax anyway. So, yeah. Uh, but no, and, and I get a, a lot of people tell you this. I get a lot of writing done because I don't have the energy to for my mind to wander. Uh-huh. So I actually accidentally get locked in on what I'm doing uh, and get you know, get a lot of get a lot of words out. Yeah, in the same way. Yeah, I, I read a lot, a lot of cough was... medicine too. You're, you're sick too, right, John? Yeah, yeah, I've been Pretty sick. Not COVID. Nothing serious, but, but yeah, like, no, I took a COVID test. That, it's not that. Yeah, and I'm. Sick I've I been wasn't perfectly okay. Anything. So, uh, well, congratulations. So it was on me to do this to the both of you while you were sick, and uh, it was my pleasure. This my was pleasure. not a punishment. This was a. a it wasn't a punishment show. for you, I guess. See, I agree. I agree that this was a, a great show that we're going to talk about. First, let's talk in very general terms. Uh, let's talk about Bigfoot. Like how many times would you guys say that you have personally seen Bigfoot? Like, is it one to three, four to six, maybe seven plus? Well, I'm not, I've not lived in the Pacific Northwest like you guys have. You've both oh, lived yeah. in, right? You've both lived in Bigfoot country. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, but I mean, that this, this, this show that we're talking about is Appalachia. Bigfoot is everywhere. Bigfoot He's is everywhere. especially big in the Midwest. Which well, are, this was one of my questions. I thought the Bigfoot legend was always that it was a specific creature that was seen in Oregon, Washington, that those specific forests. But I guess they turn up literally anywhere. 
anywhere oh, yeah. where a sure. person might be drunk in the woods and see <laughs> literally nothing and, and then tell all of their neighbors <laughs> they saw a Bigfoot. Yeah, I don't know about like if it's if it's lore wise consistent that Bigfoot are everywhere or if like the pure version of this is Pacific Northwest. I mean, there's the abominable snowman too. I mean, there so there are parallel myths that well, are I've running been to um the Santa Cruz Bigfoot Museum three times. So maybe I'm uh the expert here. So I I I think it, I think that's Bigfoot country is uh Northern California. Could be too. I wonder but I wonder if that's uh if that's originally where the myth said like it's specifically the Native Americans that lived in this area you know, have this as part of their mythology. And then people just, you know, lunatics liked it so much that we're like, fuck it. I got Bigfoot in Indiana. Or if, uh, <laughs> if it was always there and I just don't know about that. Well, and I think there's an issue. There's always been an issue with tourists transporting big feet out of those areas they into lands where they're not yeah. native. And what mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, don't know is they can't survive in a lot of other parts of the country. And if they do, they drive out the native big feet, uh, different, different species. <laughs> they become an invasive species. Yeah. Sean, you said you'd been to the Bigfoot Museum three times? I have. Yes. Because it's did right next to the- they change up the, no, the features a lot from no, one it visit is to the next? like all dusty 70s uh, memorabilia. So it's just like every time Bigfoot showed up on TV in the 70s. So he's got, they got like $6 million man and old Marvel comics, just fucking random shit. Uh <laughs> And we went there right after the guy died who invented Bigfoot. And he's like on his deathbed. He's like, yeah, I made all that shit up. Sorry. And so we're like, how does that, how do you reconcile that? And he's like, yeah, well, he decided he wanted to like, and he he just fucking. Well, that's a topper. He, uh, enough people believed in Bigfoot that Bigfoot became real. uh, That's what I'm rolling with these days. Well, this is what I, I don't know if a lot of listeners realize because Bigfoot, I kind of, it, from the outside, you think it's just kind of this goofy thing that is specifically like this kitschy thing for museums and t-shirts. And it's just this fun, it's like, ah, Bigfoot, you know. But if you go out into the internet, into the conspiracy corners of the internet, where I spend a lot of time. <laughs> belief Against in the Bigfoot advice of your doctor. Is a, is a hardcore, almost religious type of belief and like i spent a lot of time posting on there's a a skeptics forum called the international skeptics forum where it's a bunch of people who think of themselves as they're like educated rational thinkers and they kind of talk to conspiracy people who swarm in by the thousands with you know talking about homeopathic medicine and ufos and and the moon landing was fake and they kind of debate them and, and try to make them adhere to some kind of logic and help them kind of see why you know there may not be a lot of evidence to what they're claiming and you would think big you would think that bigfoot would be something that only some goofy like trolls would come in and claim like oh yeah i caught a bigfoot one time and it's not they are very passionate angry people and like the their thread on that forum which you could find it on google just the thread on the famous 1967 Patterson Gimlin film. That's that video clip. Every mm-hmm. one of you listening has seen of Bigfoot, the one sure. video of Bigfoot. That thread has over 30,000 replies <laughs> running back over the last 17 years since 2005. 
just the thread of people verifying and arguing about the authenticity of that clip. The Wikipedia page for the Patterson Gimlin film is 10,000 words long. I, like, I don't think the Wikipedia page for World War I is that long. <laughs> no. it, because of all of the different books that have been written about it and the competing experts and the different factions of Bigfoot Believer and they're different, like where they have split with each other on, is it a hoax? Is it, you know, have they done Bigfoot belief a disservice by, by putting up this fake video? And then all of the other people claiming they have put a team of scientists to watch that video and has verified it cannot possibly be a human in, in a costume. It's physically impossible. <laughs> Even though it's clearly, it's clearly just a guy in like a gorilla costume from a from a yeah. party city store. I know like you can see his watch, but that just means that Bigfoot <laughs> stole a watch and he's figuring it out. He's figuring out time. There's an <laughs> element of that type of debunking I love so much where um I don't know if there's a term for it, but it's like you can sort of set a trap for a kind of an idiot to make them think they're smart. Like you'll teach them something like, oh, see, if you look at this, the way this elbow moves in this in this uh, Bigfoot, a human elbow can't move like that. And then you just drop a term like, because a human elbow is a partial full rotational geometric thing. Like you just drop fucking a term. And then this person now thinks they're fucking elbow expert. Like they're the elbow genius. And so they know what other people don't know. Like, oh no, guys. Looking around see, to I'm an verify other stuff with so, elbows. Yes. So they can like look at this and know with just certainty that they're the smartest elbow scientists in the world. And this can't be a human because human elbows don't work like that. And trust me, I know a thing a liar told me about elbows. So, so Jason's out there like frequenting a skeptics forum trying to talk to people. And Sean is out there planting idiot traps so that they will be more of a problem for Jason specifically. You see, the arming the idiots. I'm giving them guns timey. and sending them your way. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I don't fully understand wh- because the show we're about to talk about, it's not clear to me who that show is for <laughs> because yeah. it's not for, it's clearly treating the subject as, in too lighthearted a manner to be for the true believers. Right. Correct. But uh-huh. at the same, at the same time, is it <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if it's, I, I don't want to. I don't want to just say these people are all stupid. It, it clearly means a lot to them that Bigfoot be real, and to the point where some people have this whole thing where they believe he's like a some sort of a holy figure from another dimension, and that mm-hmm. he's here to teach us to respect the wilderness or or something. Yeah, like it's, it's clearly like some th- avatar of nature. I've heard that. Yeah, and that's why they've never found like a Bigfoot body or bones or whatever. And it's Makes sense. and it, for ex- example, if you Google Bigfoot erotica. <laughs> I'm listening. You'll find an ocean of content about where women have gotten kidnapped from their campsites and then had sex uh-huh. with Bigfoot in a way that you know was actually very pleasurable for both of them. And when Googling this, uh, author Virginia Wade, her 16-book Bigfoot erotica series, Come for <laughs> Bigfoot, yes. has earned her $30,000 a month uh-huh. on okay. Kindle Direct. Absolutely. And, and worth it, every penny. I mean, six grand of that is from me alone. Yeah, I'm loyal, <laughs> avid supporter of uh, of all of her work. So Bigfoot represents something to people that I don't fully understand. Because even if I saw a real Bigfoot, I don't think I would care that much. <laughs> I wouldn't devote my life to it. <laughs> I don't like. I would tell somebody. Like if I knew they weren't going to believe me anyway. 
I was just like, yeah, I did see Bigfoot. I thought it was fake too, but I did see one. But I, it wouldn't become my whole personality because it's like, well, I, who cares? <laughs> I'm sure scientists would would be interested, but it's it's like, how has it? Do they manage to elude humans for so long? So we've only got that one video clip. And you say, well, how that guy capture that video clip? Oh, he went out to the woods to to make a Bigfoot documentary and just happened to perfectly oh, find one walking lucky. across. It was real easy. <laughs> Whereas in the era of cell phones, of, of ubiquitous high definition cell phone cameras, we've never matched it. We, we've never gotten the equivalent, even though the they one. they happily just go loping across the field in front of people. Well, uh, I don't think that's true. I think we can prove that wrong with what we're talking about today. Uh, mm. We're talking about mountain monsters, of course, which is a... Uh, it's a general monster hunting show, but uh, especially their early seasons, they focused entirely on the various kinds of big feet. Uh, you might not know that there are are many different kinds of big feet, but you will soon. Um, see, I was I was aware of Jason's uh, personal, I guess not vendetta, but uh, <laughs> some sort of revenge mission against Bigfoot. And uh, I knew the absolute dumbest reality show about Bigfoot hunting that has ever been made. And it, it's wonderful. Mountain Monsters is incredible. Uh, like they, it's a real special just, show. It's it's specifically what, what? about the Appalachian Mountains and about the hill folk that live there, hunting the supernatural, and is somehow more ridiculous than that sounds. Like that's how I would pitch it as a joke, but it's actually more <laughs> absurd than that. Because there's a bunch of hunting Bigfoot reality oh, shows yeah. right and they, the, to your point about them being like this isn't one of the real ones which is something that i i waffle back and forth on too i have a little section i want to talk about that but uh they do get in fights with the other uh quote unquote more serious bigfoot shows that see this and like start talking shit about mountain monsters and mountain monsters is like how fucking dare you sir i am out there every day hunting bigfoot like they they have feuds a couple of the dudes okay. on this and show you've are got legit more on that later dangerous. Because I did, I did see the on the Wikipedia page for Mountain Monsters the Finding Bigfoot feud. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I don't have like a big section on that, but they, they do fight with I, at least Finding Bigfoot. I thought there were there were maybe a couple more that uh that ghost hunting shows. Just anybody sees this, and and it is by far the most ridiculous monster hunting show. They have like clearly pre-filmed bits they have like an overarching story that i love yeah. so much and like like all all ghost and monster hunting shows are just wildly disrespectful of their audience's intelligence but like mountain monsters if it's trying to be real is so boldly calling you a thumb-sucking dipshit for watching it that like i don't know that they're trying to present this as legitimate at all like maybe most supernatural reality monster hunting shows are doing that and it sucks but mountain Mon monsters has like they've moved beyond fleecing bigfoot lunatics and into professional wrestling territory like it's redneck yeah. monster kayfabe yeah and it's uh, like a supernatural soap opera but uh with untrained actors and no plot structure yeah i think i think that they're, they're trying to use the dipshit reality monster show format to tell a story right. like a found footage, yeah. hillbilly jackass supernatural. And uh, okay, if that's what it is, and I'm not saying I'm 100, percent but if it's that's what it is, I love it. 
I've not, I've only seen what you sent me one episode to watch in yes. which we will get into, but to very brief over to overview, members of the team get possessed by a psychic Bigfoot, a, yes, a Bigfoot that has psychic powers. Mm -hmm. um, but I did not see any of this, what you're talking about, where there's like more of these overarching uh, plot lines or oh, whatever. Yeah. Now, one thing that I will say has disappointed me when browsing, doing the research into this, and the research was I skimmed the Wikipedia page for Mountain Monsters for exactly three minutes. <laughs> I saw on there that the oldest member of the crew uh, passed away mm -hmm. recently. Trapper. Um, yeah, Trapper, uh, Trapper John Tice passed away in 2019 of being just old and probably living in extremely uh, unhealthy Appalachian Bigfoot reasons. <laughs> well, see, this is my point. He passed away during the off season for them to come back with the first episode after he's dead and not do an episode about how he was killed by a Bigfoot. Yeah. That's Real a missed, it's it's a missed call for sure. Criminal to yeah. the point that I feel like they should be sued for not doing that. He would have, yeah. he would have wanted that. Yeah. His oh, estate please. didn't sue them. If that's not in his living will, you can assume he probably didn't have a living will <laughs> because he would have put it in there. His will said, probably <laughs> said, I leave everything to my, you know, sons and daughters or whatever, my bitch wife, something like that. But whatever the doctor said, he's lying. I was killed by Bigfoot. That's, I mean, that's going to be in, in my will. living will now. Like, I'm, I am, I'm whatever, however I go and it's either cancer or cops. We all know it, but uh, however I go, my obituary is going to say Bigfoot. But even if this guy passed away from liver cancer, right? Bigfoot it caused would it. be difficult to stage a scene in a doctor's office where he's explaining, well, you know, what happened was he, the, the, the tumors came from his exposure to Bigfoot energy. The, 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 specifically the liver Bigfoot of Louisiana, uh, <laughs> The little seen, subspecies of big feet. Seen a lot of these cases in my time. And <laughs> and then pan over to the doctor. The doctor's seven feet tall, covered in fur. And then the camera shakes and falls and it just cuts to static. <laughs> oh. Fucking. Wait, that take me two seconds to perfect. write? The perfect Fuck you, job. mountain monsters. I love well, this. Um, the first thing they say on the show is do not attempt, which I thought was so funny because. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's like, the thing that invalidates my theory a little bit that it's professional wrestling kayfabe right. is but like, the entire I, opening crawl. It very It's very convincing because normally when you see that, you're like, okay, no, I'm going to absolutely do that. Uh, I think we all grew up like doing jackass and pro wrestling, but like these guys are barely surviving like big footless hikes through the woods. You're like, you really, maybe we shouldn't try what these guys are doing. They constantly look like they're about to die. Yeah. They almost die many, many times. And uh, for, for the record, here's the opening crawl and it's, it's entirely do not attempt the traps and procedures. The traps and procedures seen in this program <laughs> were developed by experienced professionals, Bigfoot professionals, and should not be duplicated. Before conducting any hunting or trapping activities, consult appropriate authorities to ensure that your actions are safe and legal. And that just, wow, that blasts Amazing. a hole in my theory that they're not trying to trick you because you can't be this stupid since that entire say, crawl is like so carefully worded to be real. Yeah. Okay. For example, in this episode we're going to discuss, they build a trap for a Bigfoot. <laughs> He's a professional Bigfoot trap artist. You should Where there's you should hunt little, Bigfoot too, but make sure the cops are cool with it. Just a little bit of a of of a dent or a low area in the the forest. So they build like a little bridge across it. And then halfway th across the bridge, 
there's a false panel that falls through to drop the Bigfoot into to scoop into the Bigfoot. Yeah, because of course the Bigfoot would automatically take the man-made bridge that they built. Now, Jason, um, uh, would it since you've only watched the one episode, uh, allow me to enlighten you that this is the format of the show. There is a two-pronged attack where there are the investigators, which are our main crew, and our trappers. And every episode, well, almost every episode, is a uh, is a MythBusters-like segment where they come up with a trap for a monster that does not exist. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually did put that together, having just seen the one episode. I do feel like I, I generally grasp the, the 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 concept, but the, the point is that that is the one thing that the authorities legitimately are scared people will do, which is like, like man well, traps in the forest. There's no harm in building a trap for a Bigfoot out there. If I catch one, fine. If not, fine. It's like no, you're you're going to catch a child hiking with their <laughs> yeah. family, Bigfoot child. They're going to break their leg. <laughs> Only a Bigfoot would fall into this trap. Did because they're they're making it seem like this is by far the best way to catch a Bigfoot is just throw together a very poorly made poorly made trap. The, the other thing I do want to cite right now is there's a lot of accusations on the Wikipedia page of people accusing the show of being scripted. Huh. I'm telling you right now, I don't feel like this is scripted. <laughs> <laughs> just, I see, feel like I detect a lot of improv here. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of curb your enthusiasm scripted, where it's like, yeah, they I know think where they're they need scripted to go. with a lot of room. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, room for these performers to breathe. <laughs> I have a question <laughs> about the disclaimer. Did it say for the audience to contact the authorities before they go build their Bigfoot traps? Consult appropriate authorities to ensure that your actions are safe and legal. Incredible. So it does <laughs> not say incredible. don't. It says before conducting any hunting or trapping activities, consult appropriate authorities. So it is directly encouraging the audience. Right. Get out there. Hunt call some your fishing game warden. Call yeah, the local call, police. Call the sheriff's department. Call them up. Tell and them like, now, hold, hold on. I saw this on this show that I could trap a Bigfoot with a fake bridge. And uh, <laughs> it just sounds like a real good time to me. Y'all, y'all do a license for that? Like, a, like some sort of Bigfoot license? Is it Bigfoot season? Is it even Bigfoot season? I'm just going to go into the woods with my elderly, morbidly obese friends. A lot of guns. All seven of them. All seven of my elderly, morbidly obese hillbillies. Drop who a look few like trees. On the, on the verge of death just standing there. This show does celebrate a lot of different body types. <laughs> yes, that's that true. You would not necessarily see in a Hollywood production. Like if they were to make a movie about these guys, they probably would cast people You'd have who to cast unknowns. <laughs> they would they I would also, cast these um, wonderful actors themselves. Why would you mess with they this are magic? Excellent actors. Uh there's you're gonna have to indulge me for a second as I try to articulate this, but they say at the start of the show this could be the most dangerous Bigfoot they've encountered, which yes, for me it's, shattered the fantasy because like uh in one way, uh these guys probably have encountered many types of Bigfoot and probably more than one of the main non-psychic kind of big feet. And uh, they've been doing it for seven seasons, with multiple camera crews. And this is like the fifth show about exactly that. And no one's ever got one on tape. And like people say you can't prove a negative, but I think maybe they have. Maybe when you have 40,000 hours of the greatest Bigfoot hunters encountering Bigfoot and he's still like not there on the camera, you fulfilled the basics of scientific proof. That's just my point. And I know I'm talking a long time, but this, all this that I'm saying hit me the very moment he said, this is the most dangerous Bigfoot we've ever encountered. Like just 
a, a sledgehammer of like, oh, well, this is fucking stupid. I can't believe any of this. Now, like, they don't have it on camera, but oftentimes there's a very good reason. See, they they do have, you're talking like most people, if you haven't seen this show, you probably assume something about these Monster Hunter shows, which is that it's like every other Monster Hunter show where it's very nebulous. It's left up. To, they never get it on camera. They don't like sure. encounter the monster. They encounter a shadow or they encounter noise or it, it's just left like, what was that? Will we ever know? Uh, that is not what happens in Mountain Monsters. They are directly like the the crew is directly at- attacked by these monsters just nonstop, <laughs> right. just nonstop yeah. throughout the episode are constantly being personally mauled by all of these monsters. Now, it's crazy that it doesn't show up on camera since they all have cameras, but uh, sometimes there's a very good reason for that. Like in this case, uh, you idiot, the Bigfoot they're going after is the Cherokee <laughs> Devil. Uh, it's not uh-huh. just a Bigfoot. It's a legendary Bigfoot because they're, mm. as the show will explain, there are different Bigfoot tiers. And this is like an S tier Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason he doesn't show up on camera is because you have to be alone, right? To see him. Oh. Otherwise, he does not manifest from the spirit to the physical plane. The suit, Kalu. Huh? Think about that. Oh, so our big, so the big feet in the Monster Hunters universe are supernatural. Oh, there's all different kinds. There's a sheep squatch. Uh, it's a it's a sheep flavored Bigfoot. Uh, there's a there's thunder. I think it's just called Thunderman, who's like a lightning master, and they have to put together like a legendary a legendary axe to defeat him. And the legendary oh, axe is like hidden rules. throughout Appalachia. I know. It of fucking course rules. it is. It's That's like best. a G.I. Joe three-parter. I know. It's great. Fight lightning Bigfoot. Uh, they, there's like a rival crew of uh, evil monster hunters that come into play at some point and start sabotaging them and leaving them like jigsaw-like messages <laughs> about like <laughs> and about like monsters they have to hunt. Oh, it, it's the best show. It's, it's fucking great. Uh, so... The Sulkalu, I, I took some notes during the show. The Cherokee gave this psychic Bigfoot that name, uh, and he ate all their game. So if like the Cherokee were out hunting and they couldn't find anything to kill, they were like, "Oh, it's that Sulkalu came and killed everything," uh-huh. which seems like a kind of a normal folk legend, like kind of a cute thing you joke about. Uh, so you know, you blame the boogeyman when when something's not going right. And so they're talking about yes. this, like like they looked it up at the library, and then Buck, who is the expert caller on the team. Chimes in from the back seat of the car. This is all taking place in a car. And he goes, I read about that there Sue Kalu too. He married a little Cherokee girl. So he, he adds in an insane interspecies child bride B plot that no one indulges in. They're all just like, God damn it, Buck. No, we did not agree on the little Cherokee <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, but ride. they did. They do. And they have to. So he's just a fucking ghost sex trafficker, this Bigfoot now, and they just ignore him. Uh, Jeff gets back to what he's talking about. Like, okay, they say the Sul Kalu can read your thoughts. And, they all, and then... Uh, <laughs> now, if the legends are true and this Cherokee devil can read our thoughts, he may be the most dangerous Bigfoot we've yes. ever encountered. And then a whole lot of nude yoga jokes. And they all talk about how like... I love the nude yoga bits. Huckleberry does naked yoga in front of me. I've seen his naked butthole. And they all laugh and... And they meet it goes on so long. It's like, Liz, who is the one who spotted the Sul Kalu, and they keep going with the nudity jokes, which I think is a very uncomfortable thing to do to a woman alone in the woods. Now, at this point, this is this has survived. This like nudity joke bit has survived a location change because they start making yes. all of those jokes about 
but Huckleberry doing or Jeff doing nude yoga in my room. It's so gross. They're in the car and then we cut away and they've walked like eight miles into the woods to meet this woman in the middle of a clearing, just who's just hanging out waiting for him. And they immediately start back up with the naked hillbilly. Like we're so gross naked. And it's, yeah. And 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 it is relevant to the story. She didn't run. Yeah, This is foreshadowing, believe it or not. That's not, you may have thought they were just riffing at the time, but it's going to come back into play. But here's my question. This is, this is, this is where I get a little bit lost. The woman they talk to is telling them about the myth of the, she was someone who saw the Cherokee devil herself, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So she comes across like she thinks she's being interviewed for a real Bigfoot show. Like I assumed this was someone who actually had gone to the local media and said, yeah, I saw a Bigfoot versus someone they just cast to play that part in the show. Well, to be clear, she says like like maybe she didn't know how dumb this show was and thought they were actually (laughs) going to investigate her, her thing. Oh no, because, because she does say that once she saw the Bigfoot, he did psychically possess her and march her eight miles across the woods. Right. So <laughs> she knows what she's getting into, okay. right? So you know when you like right. get blackout drunk and you walk seven or eight miles across the woods and you, blame and you it wake up, you're like, God damn it, that, that Bigfoot. Oh, big All right, let's do, hold on, let's do a real quick Hillbilly Monster Hunter roll call because we're going to drop a lot of names. There's a, That's true. a very big cast for like a monster hunting show. So... All right, uh, let's phrase this as a game. Uh, I'm going to read you guys. I hope you're taking notes. I'm going to read you a name, and you're going to tell me whether or not he's a weary 60-year-old hillbilly dressed like a Cabela's catalog. All right? <laughs> yes, they all are. Trapper. I can save you some time. Yes. No, no. Trapper? Wait, is are you talking he... about tra- Trapper or the, the yes. guy who is the Trapper? No, Trapper. The, the one named okay. Trapper. Is he a weary okay. 60-year-old hillbilly dressed like a militiaman? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> Jason Buck, is he yes. a weary 60-year-old hillbilly dressed like a militia man? Well, now, some of them are not elderly, right? Some of them are, are the younger guys, but I do, they all did sort of run together for me. It felt, felt like there's two categories. Uh, yeah, one one guy seemed fairly young, but I don't know which one it was. But oh. so I, but I will, I will still bet yes on this one. No, see, Buck is the thirty-year-old obese hillbilly dressed like a militia man who always looks like he's riding an ATV, even though he's not. And that's Buck. He's their he expert caller. A baby. Can, uh... <laughs> yes, I'm saying kind if of... you told me that was a giant baby, I'd say yeah, okay. I'm yeah, a... he's kind of a giant man baby, uh, but he is also the expert caller to call the supernatural. Trapper was, of course, the team leader. Uh, their mm-hmm. security is Huckleberry. Is he? Uh, is he a wary sixty-year-old hillbilly? Fuck Shall yeah, he is. Absolutely, yeah, he, is. he is. That guy, Jason, is, is Jeff the researcher a wary sixty-year-old hillbilly? Uh, boy, I sure think so. Yes, he is. <laughs> he absolutely is. Now, how about Willie, one of the trap builders? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, weary might not be the word for Willie. He seems kind of uh, one of the two very dangerous men. Like that's when Willie- correct. He yeah. is addicted to methamphetamines. That is absolutely <laughs> yeah, correct. One, <laughs> yeah, one of the one of those guys had done. It, it seemed like his heart was about to explode at some point. He was very high. You are talking about Wild Bill, the expert oh, tracker. Yeah. Uh, okay, 
Some sort of methed out shed bomber. Anyway, that's our, our cast. I just wanted, I prepared that little game for you and uh, you both did pretty wow. well. And if it's okay, I would like to point out something. If you try researching what any of these people were doing before they were cast on Monster Mountain Monsters Hunters, you will find nothing. Their backgrounds are more like it's actually easier to find a Bigfoot. Each one, there's three primary members of the cast and who I guess were like friends from school who it says not much is known about their early life, but they lived their their lifelong residents of Virginia. And the rest of them, I guess there's some controversy because some people claim they're actors that were then cast for the show, but they can't, no one can find their previous acting credits or any kind of information about them. Or has ever seen to, them before. Prior to, which I find that fascinating because some of these guys, I thought, well, there'd have to be, something you know they were maybe they were previously on like some sort of a hunting show or whatever but no i feel it, it's like they they kind of were manifest out of from from the wilderness to to give us this show i do think they did like a hill folk roll call and just the people came in and were like yeah i believe that's that guy would spend his whole life hunting big feet like you take one look at huckleberry and you're like yeah that guy is going to fall through the woods looking for Bigfoot for the next seven years. <laughs> All right, where did we leave off in the show? Like they were just oh yeah, we're just, barely even hunting Bigfoot. Well, yet. yeah, they had met. I can Liz. tell you one thing: it's already you and I disagree on something. What's that? Because and this is again, I do not have the knowledge of this show. I've only seen this one. For this particular episode, my impression. Was that one, two, this is an hour long show with ads. If you're watching on streaming, it's 45 minutes, right? I think they shot maybe 12 minutes of footage in the woods <laughs> that they then recycled and reshot and recut in many ways. And you kept mentioning that they walked all the way through the woods. These guys, their overalls are spotless and brand new. You're right. I was being generous with, with the walk. They, it really does look like they parked in some like, you know, a path right off the, the highway and then walked a very brief distance to the, we're going to mention the little building where the events occur that has electricity. It's got a light on <laughs> that I think is just right off the highway. And yes, I think they walk it and 100%. they walk out to that building, I think four times. And that's, that's it. That's all of the traipsing through the woods. They do. It, I, yeah. I, this, this show does not feel high effort to me. No, it's it, yeah. I was being very generous with walking through the woods for the next seven years. I, I didn't mean to imply mileage. I just meant that they would walk like into the woods just barely because like, <laughs> let's get to where they start. They start their investigation after talking to Liz. That's all like the material that they need. She's like, yeah, I got blackout drunk. And uh, it was probably Bigfoot. It was Bigfoot juice that did it. And that's I was all the info they need. By this because they went into this meeting knowing that it was a psychic Bigfoot, that he has some mind yes. control powers. And yes. she's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. You took control of my mind. I walked seven miles. I woke up on the highway. And then they all take turns going like, how could this be? And I'm like, you fucking idiot. We're going straight up bullshit. They go like, bullshit. Bigfoot doesn't have <laughs> yeah. psychic powers. Like there's a law about it. You fucking read about this guy. You've been talking about him all day. It's the premise of the show. It's the episode synopsis. But I think they need conflict at some point. So they're like, no, Trapper hates the idea of psychic Bigfoot. But Buck with his with his Cherokee heritage, who uh, 
who I do not believe has Cherokee blood in him, although that is an integral part of this plot line. Uh, he, he is all in on Psychic Bigfoot from the start. But like Jason's saying, they, they like it's nighttime. They get out of their truck. They walk about 50 feet into the woods and they stop. And Trapper says, damn, look at this. It's damn honeysuckle domes. That's the perfect place for that son bitch to be. <laughs> and Buck, Buck says, hell yeah, it is. He crawls under it and goes, damn, kind of creepy under here. Something moves and he goes, wait, flush it out. They found Bigfoot 50 yep. feet from the first place they parked. Eight Pretty or eight minutes lucky. into the episode. Uh, hiding in a small a small bush. <laughs> in the first bush they checked. They looked at a bush and were like, well, hot damn, that's a Bigfoot. It's just... It's the, <laughs> it's the most successful rabbit hunt I would have ever been on. <laughs> to be clear, these guys, because they've not, we've not seen the trap people yet. These no. guys go into the woods, each of them with pump shotguns, with the goal of murdering Bigfoot. Yeah, as far as you were, as far as you know, at this point in the show, they're just going to go kill Bigfoot. They're going to go assassinate <laughs> Bigfoot because it, it assaulted this woman. It took over her brain for, and so it's like, no, we're our job is to find Bigfoot and to take him out. And he is, and he is squatting in a bush 50 feet from the parking lot to this trail. And it's, and that's where he was this whole time. They've already My seen Bigfoot. That we've already seen one of them eat so much shit. Huckleberry just face plants. Like these guys are really elderly and obese and not very sure footed. I mean, yeah, their knees got to be held together with Percocet. And this dude just fucking face plates. Like, they, they should not be hunting Bigfoot. They, they do their own stunt work. Whether or, not, is, whether or not they mean to, they do their own stunt work. It is very clear watching the, the one episode I watched that these guys falling down is like a trope of the show that yeah. fans <laughs> demand. Like, the, yeah. the fans have, like, a drinking game around it, and then on whatever message board or, or whatever Discord servers where all of the Mountain mountain Monster fans hang out, like, betting on who's going to fall down first, it's clearly a big part of the show. It's, they make a big thing out of it. Because yeah. they treat it like an emergency. Whenever big musical stings, over. shaky camera work. Oh, my and God, Huckleberry's fair, down! It, to be fair, each and every one of these guys... When they fall down, you do doubt whether or not they Yeah, it might be the last time. It might be. It might be the last time. For sure, for sure, Huckleberry. I feel like Huckleberry just standing there. I'm never 100% if he just died standing up. Like, he might just like wave in front of him and be like, nope, Huck, Huck's gone. That was it. This Went fucking, peaceful leg. This fucking horizontal man just. He's like, I'm going to go circle around the book. Like, he's not only going to catch the Bigfoot, he's going to circle around and flank him. Yeah, Buck. It's so they split up. Buck takes off and Buck goes immediately missing. Uh, again, we're eight and a half minutes into the episode and Bigfoot has kidnapped, psychically kidnapped one of the monster hunters. Oh, now I have this. Uh, there's no there's no comms. The team has no comms. They're in Appalachia, so their cell phones don't work, but they also don't have radios. They so got hollering. Lost, they got hooting, in the, hooting and a yeah, holler. They got hollering and hooting. But, uh, yeah, and the, the, part of the charm of this is that their training and methods, just having done a lot of episodes of this show, you would think they would have more of a system right. than what they have for actually hunting and, and, and spotting, like, you know, uh, you know, paw prints or whatever. But when this guy, when, when he went missing, the pure I actually... I actually paused the show because if are you guys familiar with the the long running uh, Discovery Channel, uh, the lobster fishing show or crab fishing, uh, deadliest catch? Yeah, sure. 
Okay, well, people who watch it, if for, there's like a span of like three years, it's the most popular show on all of cable. But one of the captains, one of the main guys, actually passed away in, in the off season. And of course, these shows, you know, they're broadcast months later. For those of you who thought Mountain Monsters was filmed live and just broadcast <laughs> directly in your home, it's there's months later. So the news headlines that Captain Phil had passed away hit months before the episode did like nobody watching the show was shocked to find out like you, they played it up at the start of the episode. Like, okay, this is the one where he has a stroke and where, you know, and they're kind of like explaining what, what happened. Um, but it's understood that because this is not fake, a real person has died. So all the fans knew because it makes news. The guy, the guy was extremely famous. So here it was the same thing where when this guy went missing right before the, the commercial, the obvious commercial break, I paused it and then Googled the news to see if, if a, a guy had been killed by a Bigfoot in, uh-huh. in whatever state they're in. Wait, where, where, where does this take place? This is North Carolina for the, uh, the Cherokee Devil. But I didn't see anything. So I did kind of spoil the episode for myself yeah. a little bit uh-huh. because I also Googled, well, did did someone trap a Cherokee devil? Like, was that on the mm-hmm. news? Was that on CNN, you know, maybe like a few years ago? And I just didn't miss it. Like if it was trending on Twitter that day. And it's like, no, I couldn't find so it. So they never got him. Because yeah. again, I feel like it would have come out even before the show aired. It would well, have been difficult for them to hide the fact that they're in possession of a of a Bigfoot that they would have to like what keep in storage until the episode airs. There are just Please. you're you're thinking so literally. There are many ways to defeat a Bigfoot. And uh that's really what the show's all about is is <laughs> defeating Bigfoot at his own game. I would say Buck maybe lost to the Bigfoot as hard Buck as you can lost lose. has already lost. Buck disappears and it's because he lost to the Bigfoot. <laughs> he is being <laughs> where again we are nine minutes into the show and Buck is being psychically controlled by a Bigfoot. Uh, they go to this shed. There's like a shed, and like Jason said, it seems like there's a light in there, like it has electricity. It's a Bigfoot shed. It's a Bigfoot. It, shed. It's just a Bigfoot so shed, and they, there's a light on in it, and Buck is sitting mind controlled in there, like Blair Witch style, because Bigfoot has hypnotized him into meditating in a shed and they, they go in there and he's acting all out of it. And then he goes, he told me not to move. I go, who? <laughs> and he goes, him and points out the window and the camera spins around to see nothing because they have night vision cameras, but they still try to do the old trick where they look into the dark and yeah. like, Oh, is there something what? there? But there's not. What could it be? And they, they, they close up on it and there's not. And then there's a slap on the side of the shed. Like, like Bigfoot is over there just drumming on the walls <laughs> and they go, you got to come out, but you got to come out Buck. And he jumps up this, I gotta say 350 pound man, no judgment, Easy. but like he is. And his, his, his stunt work for the day is to flee into the woods, which they probably shouldn't have given to him. Cause he goes about 10 yeah. feet, literally 10 feet. He makes it outside the shed and then just falls Nobody trips him. He just can't work feet for that long. And everybody piles on top of him like, stay with him. Oh, my God. Buck's going to get away. And he's already just like down and breathing heavy. Nope. It looks like a bunch of it looks like a bunch of movers dropping uh, a filled waterbed. Like he just collapses in like a liquid gelatinous. He's not not getting back up like after that. They finally get back up and he starts puking. And I think they're trying to play it off like that's, oh, that's just like what happens when Bigfoot mind controls you. But no, I think he ran 10 feet. I just don't think yeah. he's ready to do that. 
it went poorly for him. Anyway, yeah. this is like a really scary moment. And what we do at a really scary moment in this episode is we cut away to a terrible CGI model of like Darth Bigfoot. <laughs> That's what we do every time it gets really scary. We cut to a commercial break and like a really poor rendering of CGI Bigfoot spins around and we zoom in on his glowing red eyes. Yeah, just get it's like a PlayStation 1 era. It yeah. is seriously PS1 graphics. <laughs> we cut and back. Then- and Huckleberry's going, something's got a hold of his mind. And I don't know what it is. There's evil in these here woods right here. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's okay. the fucking psychic Bigfoot. Bigfoot. <laughs> there's, well, there's something else to note. that This show does that thing where when it comes back from commercial break, it, it re-shows you the thing that just happened <laughs> yes. in case you forgot. So it, it, that's one way they stretch the tiny amount of footage they shot. <laughs> I cannot emphasize how little they shot for this show. Well, it's mostly they reaction repeat, shots too. Yeah, they repeat things so many times, and every time you come back from a break, they have to show you the last sequence again, and then they they you know they come they bring you up to speed. I Here's guess why that's people who just not so important. In. Like like they do the repeat thing, but they also before <laughs> then they also have a testimonial sometimes. So it'll be like, it'll cut to commercial with like Buck dying. Like Bigfoot has control of his mind and he's fucking dying. And then it, it comes back and it's like, yeah, so I was dying in the woods because Bigfoot was inside my mind. And you're like, wait, no, like the, the drama of the scene has been killed because like. Because my mind wasn't big dead. enough to host a Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm talking to you from the future. I'm totally fine. But and then they have to go back and show like, OK, here's what led up to the moment we just fucked up. So. <laughs> yeah. And they love to. They they also do the padding by cutting back, which I haven't seen in another react where they cut back multiple times to the same person to make them react to it again. Like they're, they're yes. using every take because Huckleberry says that something's got a hold. There's evil in these woods. And then they cut back to him a second later. And Huckleberry goes, I'm not into this hocus pocus bullshit, but something had a hold of him, which like you're on a Bigfoot hunt. You're into it a little All bit. But then they cut back to Huckleberry again. And he goes, this has got me in an uproar. And by God, I'm going to do something about it. Like he's escalating each time, just getting madder and madder at Bigfoot over here in the corner. It's wonderful. So is this the point where they now switch to the B team, the, yes. the, build, the, the trapping team? We outside? cut to the B team, which are Wild Bill and Willie. And, uh, which if, one is the guy who's going like 100 miles an hour? He's just that's Wild really, Bill, if you okay. couldn't tell by the name. Well, but they're both, all right, they're both on a lot of meth. They both got meth eyes. Like if you're wondering where all the meth is in Appalachia, it's in Wild Bill and Willie. <laughs> they, they share one blink between the two of them and they do not use it. <laughs> but we got to them to jerry rig man traps in the woods which is, which is great and that like i said that's the format there's like a Mythbusters segment which is their b team which is just two messed up hillbillies arguing over how to zip tie chain link to catch bigfoot and uh here's the problem the folklore says this bigfoot can leap mountains and they figure well what that really means is he probably jumps gully to gully and like why are we <laughs> capitulating why I don't get why we're capitulating on Bigfoot mythos. Like, like why is mountain jumping Bigfoot more ridiculous than psychic Bigfoot? But what they decide to do is they build a rickety little bridge, which I guess Bigfoot's love. And then they have a drop away door in the middle of it. And the logic is this. He jumps from gully to gully. So he must be tired of doing that. And he would really appreciate right. the break a bridge would give him. And that's, that's it. Wild no, no. Loves it. Uh, Robert, what did they, what 
information were they acting on that made them think the Bigfoot would cross this exact spot in the in the woods of the, the thousands and thousands of square miles? What, what what did they find that made them think this exact spot was the place to put this bridge? Oh, well, they found a trail and then they decided mm-hmm. since they were looking for Bigfoot, this is a Bigfoot trail. And that seems reductive of me, but that's actually word for word what they say. It, I have that literally, in my notes. Yes. Big, yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah, this is the trail Bigfoot probably uses. Yeah, they find a trail. They say, well, we're looking for Bigfoot. This is the trail Bigfoot probably uses. Now, and so some that's people, where we build the bridge. Some of the, of the more ignorant listeners, you know, have said, well, now, wait a second. That also could be a trail that humans use, hunters and such. Foolish. And so you have now booby-trapped a, a trail, trail that people use. <laughs> and left it there yeah. in the night because they do leave. Yeah. Several, this takes yeah. place over several nights and they do leave several so, times. But, but you fools, you have to understand catching the Cherokee devil matters more. Like you have to, it's true. this is the kind of triage you have to do. It's like the, you know, it's like, yes, we will have to sacrifice the safety of some people who may just be browsing through the woods, hunting for whatever, or just enjoying the, the beauty of the woods. Because, well, you know, otherwise, how are you going to keep them safe from the, the mind-controlling Bigfoot? Also, I should note, the whole joy of having a build team in your reality show is that they're good at building things. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's fun to watch them make magic happen and build cool stuff. These guys, it's like if if the three of us went and tried to build a Bigfoot trap right now with no supplies. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I, you guys, you two guys may be good carpenters. I, I don't, I don't know that about you, but it yeah. would, it would, it would be like if me and several of my comedian friends went out in the woods and had like, it would just, it's like, this is the best we could do. It's like a couple of boards. And then we just sort of screwed some stuff together but it looks like something some children. Well, see, made. Willie is no- supposed to be the expert trap builder, so you can blame this on Willie. But like Wild Bill, what I love so much about this is the relationship. Just even in these like couple of episodes that this arc goes, you see so much love and support for for Willie from Wild Bill. Like just every idea he has is like, well, I'm gonna build a bridge, and Wild Bill goes, oh shit, <laughs> like and then I'm gonna put a drop down door. I drop down door in it. Fucking love it. He just, yeah, Wild he, Bill he, seems like he's just up for anything. Uh, he's I do up have a for scene anything. He's on a lot of that I loved. and he loves he loves Willie. When they when they set up to to build the bridge, uh, it's just like a full on rock and roll tree falling scene. And so oh, Willie so like much. starts up the chainsaw. He starts to to drop the tree, and the whole time Wild Bill is back there like miming chainsaw. chainsaw. Like he's just like he's Fuck doing yeah. an air chainsaw. He's really doing it. He's really doing. He's really cutting a tree down. And then uh, Wild Bill, for no reason, like sets up some fucking like log racing shit and like runs up a tree and then with zero expertise repels down it. Like he's never done it before, goes like full balls out, barely touches the tree on the way down and eats total shit. Like he seems (laughs) to be surviving on balls alone. He runs up that tree with pure meth stickiness, just... Just yeah, a meth squirrel incredible. scampering up that and, tree. I was so impressed. <laughs> like how he, I was not impressed with how he came down, which was he just fell on his back. He just fell <laughs> he out He fell of a three tree. stories onto his back and then and bounced seems up. exactly what he was trying to do. Meth. Yes, he's on yes. meth, so he's fine. He's, also, he's fine because he's, he's also um, like hardcore Marine. Like he's like a wear pit, pit bull, like Marine old man. Yes. And if you look at his face, it, it looks like he's had his face punched in. And never let the broken noses heal as they just broke on top of each other, on top of each other. So he's got like this 
just a vertical smear for a face and cauliflower ears. Like it just looks like he's been doing yeah. nothing but wrestling for fucking 70 years straight. <laughs> he's, he's taken some hits and let allow Bill. him to demonstrate by running up a tree and then falling on his back. <laughs> that was his I would argue the trap. that is the best scene of character building in this show is the two yeah. minutes of him miming air chainsaw next to his friend and then getting so, so amped. He runs up a tree, eats shit on his back. I'm like, Everything I need to know about that character, I now know. They're going to get that some bitch. I love okay. the idea of Bigfoot watching and being like, okay, these are the guys Fuck coming after me. me. <laughs> I'm, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> All right. So now, here's a, the thing is, you would think if this was a normal reality show, you would think they had cut these guys and told them to act this way to bring up the energy of the show. Mm-hmm. That Maybe they thought like things were a little bit flat or that the psychic Bigfoot thing wasn't actually coming across like they thought. And so they had been given the direction, like really go, like really play up the speed of what you're doing or whatever. Unfortunately, and I don't know, I don't want to accuse these people of being drug users if they're not. I will say yes, they I- are extremely, extremely energetic to, to a degree that it is weird. Yeah, A-Team a- is drunk on still shine and just stumbling about the woods. B-Team is pure pure country meth and is just firing it up with that energy. And I, I think that's why the show works is these wild slashes back and forth. And Jason did yeah, talk some shit about their bridge, but I think it's not a bad bridge for, for seven minutes in a chainsaw. Like <laughs> <laughs> that they almost died making like they didn't even play it up because they cut the tree so poorly that it just like a huge branch almost fell on his head and they both make a face like, Whoa. And then he just goes, Whee! <laughs> as he does every time he survives near death i want to talk about how um when they're driving around the ford logos blacked out on the truck which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> because um normally this is a way for shows to sneak in product placement like if you watch on uh like top <laughs> chef ford was like be, no no right? <laughs> like, yeah, somebody had to have asked and ford is like yeah send us an episode <laughs> and they sent sheep squatch <laughs> The sheep squatch episode. I guess when you're driving into the mountains to feed a hillbilly to Sasquatch, no one wants their brand associated with you. I don't know. It seems fair. <laughs> All right, catch Robert up. is trying so yes, hard I'm to trying, progress I'm trying forward to get us through with this episode. episode. But it's the proper energy, so I don't want to derail you. Uh, we catch up. We catch up to Buck, and Buck then is it's the next day, and he's just sadly moping in a golf cart <laughs> about getting Bigfoot mind molested, and there's some and talk to be about clear, it. He cried. He was like bawling. He's like, crying. He yeah, did he's this crying. tearful crying yeah. thing after he realized he had been mind molested by Bigfoot. Like yeah, he's if, not okay for, about it. If if the show was making a joke of it, then it's a weird moment. I know he, they he take like, it very seriously. Yeah, he's they're all they're from, all there for the from brother. some real sexual trauma. Like it, I want to say that he was like a five out of ten actor. Like it was weirdly not that bad. Yeah, he did okay on Is like the fair? Bigfoot on the Bigfoot trauma sections specifically. Not on anything felt, else. But this felt like genuine acting to me. Like like I couldn't I tell he was performing quite as much as the rest of the show where it's just obviously canned lines. Whereas this is like he's tapping into something very troublingly real. Uh, but also, I think if you get mind dominated by a gorilla ghost and then you cry in front of your best friends, maybe you should be carrying a gun. <laughs> Well, he's so rattled, I think that they try to take him off of the front lines of the Bigfoot war. And uh, and, and here's the the experience as he relates it. 
He says Bigfoot said, follow me, and he had no choice. And then it grabbed him by the arm and pulled him into the shack and said, don't move, which I'm assuming was a psychic command because he didn't he didn't move. And so many other like monster hunting shows dance around this and they do the, the well, are they real? What did we really see? What's out there thing? I fuck that. Uh-huh. Mountain Monsters is like, uh-huh. Bigfoot is a jerk. He grabbed me and he yelled at me. Just right here. Like I was saying, he right here, Bigfoot. Bigfoot has harassed him and he, yeah, he has a handprint, uh, not only from the Bigfoot, he has a big handprint on his arm that he, he rolls up his sleeve to, to show. He also has a handprint on the other arm of where the little Cherokee girl grabbed him. <laughs> so he has been Wait. grabbed by a Bigfoot and a Bigfoot ghost. And, uh, yeah. To create so- a mental picture for the audience. The handprint of the little girl was created by someone grabbing his arm Mm-hmm. The bruising from the Bigfoot grabbing him was created by them taking some brown paint and yeah, or makeup and, just and smearing on. and kind of smearing it on in no way done by someone who knew how to like make bruising. <laughs> no, it's a not a makeup show. job. It literally is just like paint smears on his arm, like Bigfoot rubbed off on him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Maybe the little, more way than one. I think he might've done it to himself. Like he had, Someone grab him, uh, like Jason said. It, it was just looks like a human grabbed his hand like two minutes before they filmed this. Because yeah. I, I think this is Buck's deal. I think the little Cherokee girl is him, like forcing it into the show. I don't think anyone else wanted Bigfoot to be married to a child. <laughs> well, because again, <laughs> he keeps bringing up his Cherokee heritage, and I think they're all right. looking at him like, Buck, maybe you drove a Cherokee once. Like you, you drove a Cherokee into a casino. Yeah. That's your Indian heritage. Buck's but fucking. He's- Ancestry is Kirby. This motherfucker is a Kirby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Buck, Buck is getting himself a character arc here because now he needs to get back in them woods to overcome Bigfoot trauma. And uh, despite saying that, he just says, I'm going to go to sleep now. And he leaves. (laughs) He said, I got to get back in them woods, but I'm going to go sleep now. So he's out for the day. He needs the day off. And uh, that Cherokee devil is hiding something in there. We haven't mentioned that the the Cherokee girl said something to him. Uh, right, right, right. Up. It was like something in Cherokee that he remembered. Oh, just kind of, I kind of remember it exactly. I kind of remember the exact up. quote, even though I can't say it at <laughs> right. all. And then he looked it up as the Cherokee word for peace, which again, does not align with the plot of the show. Like they're going to hunt and kill this Bigfoot. And he's like, no, it wants peace. Like, no, fucking fuck your <laughs> Cherokee girl bullshit, Buck. Anyway. I think they give into a little bit then because a trapper comes out to be like, there's something in those woods. Bigfoot don't want us to see. And that's my favorite part <laughs> is that Bigfoot has secrets. I love that Bigfoot has secrets. <laughs> so stupid. So yeah, they're getting uh, so, inside Bigfoot's head. They're like, they, they know that Bigfoot's trying to chase them away from something. Yeah. So they head to that same shack where they found Buck and, uh, and the show is about finding out Bigfoot's secret now. That's the key to capturing a Bigfoot is solving his riddle. Yeah. Uh, but Bigfoot, Bigfoot didn't want Buck at all. What he was actually doing was playing mind games, using Buck planted in the shed to distract them from his honeysuckle domes, which I guess is where Bigfoot lives. Remember the first, the first place they checked. Uh, they parked next to Bigfoot HQ on day one of the Bigfoot hunt, and they got to get back there. But there's, there's nothing out of the ordinary, but something Huckleberry ain't feeling right. He oh, again oh. falls down a short hill, possibly to never rise again. <laughs> this and, one uh, I thought might have been a stunt because I was like, that, that old man ate shit. That old man ate some shit down a very small hill. 
Uh, and then they go to wake him up and he turns around and he screams and he attacks them to the best <laughs> of his ability. It's, uh, it's more like some gentle slapping and then he gets tired. And, and then they he kind points. of lay on top. Then he, he, like, in some sort of a fit of psychic rage, he points at a thing. So somehow yes. Bigfoot took over his mind and made him into a maniac. Uh, he also told him where the he secret totem hint pole was. To the Bigfoot yeah. riddle. And uh, I just, before See, we skip Hulk, over that. Bigfoot thought he a, was in Huckleberry's head, but actually Huckleberry was in Bigfoot's head. Yeah, you can't gaze into the Huckleberry without the Huckleberry gazing back. <laughs> but before we skip over that, they cut to a reaction in Trapper. And Trapper self-owns the team a bit when he says, it took 500 pounds of men to hold him down. But there were only two of them. <laughs> anyway yes they he points to a totem pole that's just clearly like from a garage sale or carved by somebody and they go oh my god it's a totem pole that tells us everything that's going on in these woods (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they speak Cherokee hieroglyphics Uh, so then Huckleberry says I will find you and kill you like he's Bigfoot speaking through Huckleberry now Yes, Bigfoot has possessed one of the hunters and is now threatening them. And he says, it don't matter, Jeff. I'll find you. I'll kill you. And he says, I know who's going to die. Okay. And then they, uh, my notes, uh, they says they desecrate these secret Cherokee artifacts for no reason. And then they leave. So they they pick up the totem pole, they throw it on the ground, and then they leave. Well, it's not for no reason. We'll get to that later. Okay. So anyway, I, I, Huckleberry has given them- I think them this is just like the bad guys from Indiana Jones. It's like a reality show about them. They're just running around, hunting precious creatures that only want peace, desecrating sacred artifacts. Accidentally murdering hikers in the woods. I think they might be the bad guys, is my point. Uh, so they've, they've ditched the exposition totem pole uh, that tells them everything they needed to know. And they cut to Trapper and he goes, I don't give a fuck if it's my time to- well, they, it's into that because we're running that some bitch out of these woods like big like like this is a sundown town for big feet <laughs> uh so they've got their traps built they've got they've got the riddle of bigfoot all queued up they leave huckleberry freshly possessed by bigfoot in the truck mm-hmm. all alone uh and they go to catch the trap boys up on like which of their crew are being currently mind controlled by bigfoot which is more than you would expect up we to ain't two. doing so well Two out of four of us have been mind controlled by the Bigfoot. Bigfoot's taking us down left and right. And also we've experienced a prophecy of death on account of Bigfoot. And Wild Bill, uh, this, I love this part so much, Wild Bill totally unfazed goes, well, shit, this sounds like some scary stuff. <laughs> and, tra- and Trapper was clearly not supposed to, but he has, even he has to like laugh a little at that line. Yeah. <laughs> Wild oh, Bill is down at? for whatever. All right, right. Huckleberry, <laughs> yeah. they look back and Huckleberry's gone. Oh no, we need you, Buck. We lost Huck, is what they say. <laughs> and so now it's Buck's redemption arc. He has to make up for being mind-controlled by psychic Cherokee Bigfoot by finding somebody else who is being mind-controlled by psychic Cherokee Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the team runs into the woods looking for Huckleberry while Buck heads to the honeysuckle dome and Bigfoot shack. Our third visit to that yes. little shack again. Th- there's just this tiny little patch of woods that they that they shot this in. It's on somebody's. It has electricity. It's on somebody's property that they just uh, yeah. got permission to film in this guy's backyard. And he's like, "Are you guys going to play Bigfoot out here all day?" I just. <laughs> I really anyway, like that so- Buck does not seem ready for this, and he's talking to the cameraman almost like 
the cameraman has to be a therapist at this point where he's like, look, I'm mind control, but Bigfoot, but I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta do, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm just going to wander breathlessly into the nothing and hope, hope something <laughs> happens that it's good. And the cameraman's got to be like, again, none of this is real, but you would think this is where the cameraman would like forget his duties as a documentarian and be like, no, Buck, you got to fucking go home and rest. Buck, this Bigfoot is just fucking owning the shit out of you guys left and right. But Buck's <laughs> going to head is... out there by himself, even though he says, it ain't smart, because I'm looking for two things. Most important of all, I'm looking for Huckleberry, but I'm also looking for closure. <laughs> I got me a character arc. Yeehaw! Oh, but he finds the Indian girl. Like He, he sees finds a, the Indian some girl. movement in the, in the little shed, and he runs in there, and she's gone. And he spends, I swear to God, 17 fucking hours going, how? She was in here. I saw her. How? How? It's like, that's how fucking ghosts work, you fucking idiot. (laughs) God damn it, Buck. And uh, can't can't figure out how a ghost walked through a door. With with this giant hole in his mind, he is clearly uh, ripe for Bigfoot controlling again. So Bigfoot once again remote controls him. Uh, they find him just like chilling on a log because I guess Bigfoot doesn't really know what to do with the buck. Like it wants to get a drill him and it's just like, uh, this guy's on his, yeah, he's not doing much. Yeah. Let's have him sit down. The team finds him. He tells him he saw the Cherokee girl and Trapper goes, well, now there's something about that damn shit, <laughs> which there might be. And Buck goes, my mind's overwhelmed, which, you know, it might be. And they still Did got all notice- fine Huckleberry. Did you notice he mentions the shed, not the girl? Like, no one will indulge Buck's bullshit B-plot of the Cherokee girl. <laughs> he does force this into the narrative, though. Buck wins. Buck wins. If, if your theory is right, and this was not planned from the start, Buck does get his way. And uh, so they go back to the totem pole looking for Huckleberry, but that son bitch is gone. <laughs> and uh, somebody moved the totem pole, which they claim is a feat impossible for man. Uh, despite <laughs> the they fact just that moved, they did yeah. it. Yeah, they did it earlier. <laughs> Okay, can you describe for the listener what the totem... I think they're picturing a totem pole, something fancier than what they actually found. No, it's like it's like maybe a barbershop quality totem pole that has been left out in the rain for a long time. Possibly just a piece of wood that somebody crudely hacked to design into. It's very... This is absolutely the, the straightest log they found in 20 it's, minutes of wandering around the woods. Yeah, you might be picturing like a 20-foot tall totem pole. This is like a 5-foot tall piece of wood it, and yeah. someone has taken a router with just a shallow little bit on it and they've just drawn like yeah. a few faces drawn on it. Now, again, they, may faces have, in it. they may have bought it somewhere but i think it's just as possible that the production crew has spent literally 20 minutes making this yes thing. Yeah. wild bill and willie messed up and they got a chisel <laughs> and they made themselves a bigfoot pole <laughs> and it, it nearly killed both of them <laughs> Anyway, Huckleberry is <laughs> off hollering in the woods and the boys run out all screaming and panicking and Trapper says, run them down, Willie, knowing full well that running is for the meth boys. Uh, they find Huckleberry naked and probably 10% filthier than usual, holding this giant <laughs> totem pole and looking around wildly. And holy shit, this is it. We were saying earlier, do you see all that talk about gross naked old men it comes full circle? Mm-hmm. Huh? It's right. It's called writing. It's a callback. <laughs> they dive tackle him into the water and Jeff says, are you Huckleberry now? And Huckleberry says, I'm a wet Huckleberry. And Wild Bill says, hell yeah. <laughs> so 
It was at that moment because obviously when they find him completely nude and pixelating his penis and and covered in mud and then fighting a totem pole on a hill, kind of fighting with this poorly made totem pole. Obviously, that's one of the funniest things that's ever happened on a TV show (laughs) in any genre. <laughs> ten out of ten, hilarious. And then no, don't just... leave off because the scene ends with with Willie running up and dive tackling him into a lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, and then he does a his two camera the the two the camera interview about it while still totally nude. They've not <laughs> done this. It's such a nude. perfect punchline. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fully such good nude. Um, but this is the point. It is it supposed to be funny because again. At the moment, they had the guy start like crying real hard actor tears about being possessed by Bigfoot. I thought, oh, this is actually a show for the Bigfoot believers, and and that they're they're goofy and lighthearted in their manner. But this is supposed to be convincing to Bigfoot enthusiasts of the God, world. Maybe. Yeah, they but got then, they got in those fights with other Bigfoot shows about how this is real and they're just as serious, and they spend all this time doing it. Yeah, we. But then when the clearly funniest possible thing happens, and it's a callback to the jokes they were making earlier, like how wouldn't brilliant. it be awful to see this guy naked? And then it's like, oh, that that's actually, that was our Chekhov's gun. Right. That, like With Chekhov's a different butthole. soundtrack, this is an episode of Arrested Development. This is like a really good episode of Arrested yeah. Development. So I now legitimately at that point, and by the way, it, it I will say, something happened that really did affect me emotionally, which is when I realized this was part one of a two part episode (laughs) and that you would give me just a part one. And it seemed to imply that I was supposed to watch more of this show. It's like, well, I will just never know what happens. And because again, they left it up in the air. Like, will we capture the big, because the trap never, this is in the episode, like the trap never came into play. I mean, you have to end the episode on that scene. That scene is so perfect. Everything comes together. You get the big laugh. You got to go out. And they, the Buck Buck gets the last line in the episode by saying, we didn't even get to go after that stupid Cherokee devil. <laughs> we didn't even get to try for that Bigfoot. <laughs> but yes, this is episode one of, of two, and they end on a cliffhanger. And actually, I specifically forbade you uh, from mm. watching episode two. Uh, because, yes, this is a two-part season finale. And uh, I think there might have been some hints in the lead up to the exit. Uh, like when Trapper says, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going we're going to go home. We're going to heal up mentally and physically. We're going we're we're gonna to come back. And then Huckleberry says, we'll come back. And then Jeff says, hell yeah, we're coming back. And then Buck says, we're coming back, guys. So, like, I think they're they're coming back. I think they're coming back. <laughs> Just going to leave that trap out, out in the woods. They the do. Trap. They <laughs> do leave the bridge. They just leave it there. <laughs> Uh, as they because that plays a part in the in the next episode, even though they establish that they take a break from it. And that damn psychic Bigfoot with his big city forest smarts messed up the Bigfoot hunt. <laughs> and Buck Buck has like a little bit of it's not like a, a closure to his arc, but they do give him at least a line at the end where he says the rest of the team's looking for the Cherokee devil. I already found him. He's in my head. And now I don't know how to get rid of him. So like, so oh haunting. shit. Is Buck a sleeper agent for the big feet? Does Huckleberry look horrible <laughs> naked again? Who can solve the riddle of Bigfoot? 
Will Wild Bill and Willie get married married or just gully married? Find out next time on 1900 Hot Dogs Thrill and Bonus Episode Hot Dog Monster Mountain, The Riddle of Psychic Bigfoot's Gold! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! It's a podcast canals! Und mit maximalem Schau! Dog Frankfurt Podcast? Correct! Love is in the air tonight at 60, count of 60 swinging singles, vibe for the attention of one lovely mate. Takes a king to rule a country, but only love rules supreme. It's love supreme, let's meet our competitors. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aiden Moat likes long walks on the beach, Oh, hook that one early, step up your game singles. Alpha Scientist Javo. Andreas Larsen. Armando Nava likes short walks on the beach. A big swing. Benjamin Cyronin. Finn Talton. Brandon Garlock. Ryan Saylor likes running on the beach. Hey, alright. Brianne Whitney. Brockway loves the meat millet. Yes, he does. Sarah. Rev. Chase McPherson likes medium length beach drives. And okay, yeah, alright. Get that one. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B, Dean Costello, Donald Finney, Dr. Awkward likes horseback riding on the beach. See, that's how you do it, Chase McPherson. That's how you do it. We got Eric's Baldy, Fancy Shark, Jello, Hambone, fucking loves the beach. Their words, their emphasis. Haraka, Hot Fart, Jacob Thornburg would make a love to the beach if only society would allow it. Okay. John Dean. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Josh S. Ken Paisley is the beach. Nope, I'm not following on that one, Ken. Oh, he's doing a beach impression now. That's actually really good. K&M. Laziest man on Mars. Mark. Matt Riley races the beach to the horizon every night and will do so until he catches her. Hey, that's beautiful, Matt. Michael Lair. Michael Wells. Mike Stiles. Moju. ND. Neil Bailey writes, If you cut me, do I not bleed sand? He's... he's cutting himself now. Good lord, it is sand masterfully played. Neil Schaefer. Nick Ralston, Nick H, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst has just legally changed his name to Beach McSlop. I, I get Beach, is there a significance to McSlop? No, he's shaking his head no. Rain Vargas, Rhiannon, Rich Joslin, Sarkovsky. Spotty Reception just bought the beach and no other contestants are allowed on it. Baby, if you like the beach, there is one game in town. Ted H has just murdered Spotty Reception and stolen the beach team. Looking back, this one was inevitable. Timmy Leahy. Toasty God has dynamite in a dream. Won't you make a new beach? 
together. If that doesn't work on them, Toasty God, it worked on me. Tom Segula, Tommy G, Yosarian, and our stunning star, the center of all this attention and deserves every bit of it, the gorgeous, the talented, Jaber Al Aiden, whose turnoffs include the beach. Oh, but wait, turn-ons? Dynamite, we got a match, let's love Supreme, folks. <laughs>